I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. Example racing schedule for the year. How many races are too many for a calendar year? A lot of people are thinking of their goal race for next year and whatever your big goals are, it's really important to look ahead to plan out your races so that you don't overcommit yourself in the new year. There are so many options and it can be tempting to sign up for all of the races. But what if we focused instead on building the year around your goals and then scheduling races to accommodate whatever your goals are? I think a lot of runners, myself included in the past, have done the opposite approach where it's just we sign up for all the races and then we try to work our training around those races. But instead, we like to go of the approach of what are your goals for the year? So... We're gonna take a deep dive into what we would recommend athletes do if you have a goal for the year, how you should navigate your race schedule around those goals. And we'll probably speak a lot to more of like time-based goals in the marathon or half marathon, but keep in mind that you can have other goals such as doing an ultra marathon, qualifying for marathon maniacs, doing an Ironman, or, just traveling the U.S. to do as many marathons in different states as possible. We've worked with athletes with a variety of different goals, so it's really important to define what your goals are so that you're able to schedule your races and really know what you are looking for to get out of this year. So some of the key points we're going to be covering in this podcast is how to decide what your goals are for the year, number one. Number two is how you're going to be able to find these races that are in alignment with your goals. So we'll talk about like our favorite websites to use and how you should, you know, schedule them. Um, Next, we'll talk about how frequently you should race, especially with performance related goals in the marathon or half marathon. Um, We'll talk a little bit about how realistic is it to set a PR or personal record at every race, or is that not a realistic goal? Um, We'll also talk about the inevitable question that always comes up. Can you run a half marathon PR in training for a marathon PR and kind of the factors to look at there? Um, And then finally, we'll be talking about should you wait to register for some races and what some of the benefits of that option of waiting to sign up until, you know, maybe last minute for some of these um, races where they allow you to do so. Um, so yeah, just breaking things down, deciding on goals for a year. I know that is a really broad topic, but Jason, how do you help athletes, um, with navigating that? Cause I know some people are like, well, I don't even know really what my goals are for, you know, this year. I know my long-term goal is X, but then it's defining like what is like a reasonable goal for the next 12 months. 
Yeah, it's really an interesting topic. You know, a lot of times runners, they know what their long-term goals are, and um, we, we're not really thinking about what to do in the short term that will align with, with reaching that, that goal down the road. And so it's really important that we kind of break, break your year apart, think about um, what you want to focus on. Maybe you want to do something you haven't done before, and that could be like running a few 5K races, or it could be experimenting with increasing your mileage to kind of see how your body handles that. And so um, yeah, I think it's really good to think about the goals and before you sign up for all these races, because I know a lot of times people might register for races and then they sort of feel compelled to do them, even if they don't necessarily align with their goals. And I'll see that often with athletes that maybe come to us, um, you know, randomly, they already have a bunch of races like scheduled in training peaks. And so, you know, we'll have to have that conversation about, you know, how important is it to do this race or are you willing to, you know, treat this, this race like a workout, that sort of thing. Um, and just, you know, making sure we're open to identifying what races are really going to help benefit us when we talk about reaching those long-term goals. Definitely. And I think I have like two buckets of athletes, right? There's people who have those performance related goals, like the long-term, like I want to BQ, I want to run, maybe they already have BQ, they want to run a certain marathon time or, um, you know, like a sub four, or like sub five, or I want to run a marathon. So like they have that guiding goalpost of like a long-term goal but for them it's like so far in the future that maybe they're having a hard time breaking down okay like what's realistic to ask myself over the next um 12 months so i always like to look at you know like how long have you been running how long have you been doing this um were you consistently training in the last 12 months kind of what was your progress in those 12 months of training and really looking at you know as you get faster it does become harder to get faster so you really want to look at what have you really been doing work-wise the last couple of years? And if you've been consistently training and you're kind of reaching that point of diminishing returns, um, I think just keeping things realistic, right? Like you're probably going to see not as much improvement um, in your 10th year of running consistently and training consistently as you did in your first year of training consistently. And that's just um, being realistic with your goals. And I think a lot of people understand that. Um, and then there's also the people who maybe they don't really have performance related goals. So for them, it, it's just more of, okay, like what are your goals then? And and for some people it's, they want to run. I've met some people where they're trying to run a marathon or a half marathon in every single state. And for them, it could just be more about um, finding when is this going to work best in your schedule for work? Um, what states do you need to hit up? So it's a little bit more research based for them. Cause it's like, they probably have like a tally of states they've already done and it's more like we have to do more research on those ends to make sure we're checking all the boxes um same with qualifying for marathon maniacs i get a few of those where you know it's three marathons and uh i think it's not in 90 days don't don't quote mm-hmm. me on that but you know so that's a little bit more on the logistics side like we really have to like line things up do a little bit more research there um so you fall in two camps and even if you don't have any goals specifically um let's say you're not trying to qualify for marathon maniacs or do 50 states or whatever let's just say your goal is to like enjoy running well again we want to look at okay what are the things that you really enjoy about your running and how can we utilize that in creating your training plan for the year. Um, Maybe you want it to be like no stress for you. And then that's really where we start to look at, okay, what sort of races provide that atmosphere for you? So we don't want to do races that kind of stress you out. We don't want to have environments that you're not loving, right? So we really have to cater things to what the athlete is looking for. And being honest with yourself, I think upfront is the most important part because we live in this age of social media where 
we go on Instagram, we go on Strava and sometimes like people at work even, um, I remember when I used to have like, you know, my old accounting job, people were always asking me like, what marathon are you training for? And I mm-hmm. think people just go under that assumption of like, you're training for a marathon or you should be doing this or you should be doing that. And so getting rid of all that pressure and outside noise and really going within yourself and asking, okay, like, what do I really want to train for right now? And that might not be what everyone else is doing. And that might not be what maybe like the the cool thing to do on social media is right now. But you really got to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Making sure that it's in alignment with your values. And it's going to make you happier in the long run if you're doing things that excite you. And that might change from year to year. So maybe this last year you were crushing it. You love doing marathons. And then it's like you might have a change of heart the next year. And I think allowing yourself to change and have those adaptations is what helps you with the longevity in the sport of running. Because I think for me, there was a period where it's like in 2018, I really wanted a PR in the marathon. Like that's all I cared about. Um, and I, I set a PR at the end of the year and I did two marathons that year. And the next year I was just like, you know, I, I can't do a marathon. And it felt really weird and I felt like I was in this weird limbo. But then I really started to embrace it and I was like, hey, I'm gonna do, you know, like a one mile race. I'm gonna do some of these rinky dink 5Ks. And it was really fun because I was doing what I wanted to do and I didn't feel all the pressure that maybe I was putting on myself the previous year. And so it's finding that enjoyment again. Um, And that year, 2019, was actually like one of my favorite years like as a runner and I did at the end of the year I think I did like a 10 mile race and what's interesting is that 10 mile race also offered a half marathon and I was like well I could do I could do the half like I was in shape to PR in the half but I was like no I don't want to do the half and so just really listening to what it is you want to do even if they're kind of like these weird off distances or strange races that maybe other people aren't doing um, just kind of listening to your intuition and doing the resistances that excite you, even if they're kind of a little, little different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You know, the common theme there, I think was just the enjoyment of running, right? So when you look at your calendar for the year or you're trying to figure out what your goals are, um, you know, you can always, you can always, um, pencil things in or take things away. You don't have to have anything set in stone. And you know, two people, they might have the same goals for the fall, right? It might be like break four hours in a marathon, but their path of getting there might be different uh, as far as like what their training is going to look like, what the races are going to look like, maybe in the winter, spring, and then summer. Um, it might also depend on, um, maybe you've had that same goal for like three years straight, right? And um, you haven't quite reached it. And so your approach might be different each year. So it's not like you have to always do what you've done in the past. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, you know, figuring out what is it that's going to help kind of keep you motivated and enjoying the sport and not stressing you out. And so, you know, maybe you're someone that maybe hasn't raced a lot frequently, especially with the pandemic and everything, you might've gotten out of the habit of like doing races. You maybe only did like one or two a year. Whereas prior to that, you were maybe doing like four or five or six. And so maybe it's just kind of getting back in the habit of doing more races, getting that confidence back, you know, just running more like negative splits, getting, um, going through the motions, right? That can a lot of times make workouts seem a little bit less intimidating. And then we sort of gain confidence in our training that way. Other people, they may decide not to race as much during a specific build, Mm -hmm. right? If they're building towards a half or full, it might just kind of depend on, like you said, kind of like work stressors, what's going on in their life, what sort of success they've had in the past, you know, with maybe doing the opposite of what their approach is going to be this time. Definitely. And that brings up a good point, right? So let's say you have 
your goals set for the year, like let's just go with the cliche, oh, my goal is to, you know, PR the marathon in the fall. Well, we have like a full, you know, 10 months before that, and that's a lot of, of time. And so then the goal kind of becomes, okay, how do I find races that are in alignment with this long-term goal? So let's say your long-term goal is this November marathon. Um, we'll talk a little bit about like researching those goal marathon races here in a bit, but I think the next step is, okay, like, let's say you, you're eyeballing this race in November, this marathon, how should you frame up the rest of the year? Right. And that becomes really important. And that's when I think like getting out a calendar, like doing a kind of traditional old school way is pretty important, right? Like we don't want to overcommit ourselves because, Sometimes this time of year, when you see races that are like five, six, seven months away, it can be really easy and tempting to be like, well, I have nothing on the calendar. Like, let's just register for the race. And the next thing you know, you're signed up for all these races. And I just know this because I've coached a lot of people. They come to us like mid year and they're like, oh, I'm signed up for like all these races. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's great. And and it, sometimes they don't even want to do the race. They're like, well, I signed up already. And it's kind of this that's like an, almost like an excuse. No, I have to do it, right? So I think just being really cautious and careful about the races that we are committing ourselves to and making sure that they're actually, you know, what we want to be mm-hmm. doing and that they're in alignment with our training goals, right? Because if you're training for a marathon and you really have like a performance-related goal, we are going to race sparingly. And that's mainly because we don't really get that many weeks in the buildup and we really want to make sure we're doing the most effective training and the most effective workouts in that buildup and if we're racing like every other weekend we just don't have enough opportunities to really be doing what maybe we would have been doing um had we had like a clean slate sort of thing right so Mm -hmm. i like to start kind of with a clean slate before we go signing up for a bunch of races and in a traditional marathon build i really don't see the need for more than like two races in in the build up otherwise it can just become a lot right so if we're talking about like four months before a marathon i think if you do two races in there that's plenty mm-hmm. yeah some people might and if they do one race for example it might be like a half where some of that that pace work during the half might be at marathon so it's more of like a rehearsal for your marathon they may not even be like emptying or going to the well in those races right and so um, kind of get back to that example of like starting the year, maybe you do something, you do a couple races like in the spring and then once you get in your marathon build, yeah, then you're more focused on that training. Um, and depending on what your goal is, like if your goal is to run like a faster 5k, 10k PR, then obviously you can get away with doing a few more races. Um, you know, when I first came out of college, I, I uh, wanted to run a half marathon. And so, uh, you know, we kind of start the season here up in Minnesota in March It's kind of like the first outdoor race, um, for road races. And so that was an 8k race and then a lot of people would do like maybe a 5k the next month or a 10k the next month and then maybe like a 5k in may and then they'd race a half in june up at grandma's and so by doing like one or two of those races every year i think it just gives you a good um kind of foundation for what you need to go into that half race and feel confident right and so um but every year my schedule might have been a little bit different so it's not like i did those same two races every year you know Mm -hmm. sometimes i did one of them sometimes i did two of them um i don't think i ever did all three but it's just like um depending on what you have going on in your life and um kind of the the races that are offered in your area i know some cities do a really good job of like um carefully scheduling races like x number of weeks out before like major races in that area and so those are good opportunities to get some quality training in and and test yourself a little bit and get that get that competitive edge going so yeah it's nice to have a few rust busters especially if you live in an area where you have a, a long winter like we do here in Minnesota. There's not really a lot of opportunities to race between 
end of November to probably like Early end March, of March, yeah. right? Um, so there's just not a lot of opportunity. And so it is nice to have like a Ross Buster race. But, you know, the question comes up, like how realistic is it to like PR at every race? Or like when you're signing up for these races, I think it's just really important to keep keep the purpose of the race in mind, right? So like which with every race that you register for, I think it's good to like know what is the purpose of it going in there and how it's going to um, help with your training, right? So let's say in April or in March or April, you sign up for a race and that's like a rust buster race. It's maybe not going to be like your goal race for the year. It's just something to kind of get you back into the swing of things. Maybe if you're newer to running or it's a maybe newer distance for you or you've been really crushing it with your training the last couple of months, maybe it's a PR race, but I like to think let's not put like a lot of pressure on every single race because sometimes people they they just have like the expectation I know like our company name is run for PRs but really like you can PR in anything right you can PR in um, best execution like how much you enjoy the race it's just striving to be your personal best is really where that comes from and you're definitely not going to PR at every race and I think having different purposes for each race is really important I like Mm -hmm. how you also brought up you can do a half marathon at like marathon effort. And it's really important to go into that race with that goal being in mind, right? Sometimes I see people will be like, oh, I started at a race pace, but then I just like, you know, slowed it down and, and just ran it in at marathon pace. And it's like, well, I don't know. Let, let's just start, let's start the race at the intended goal pace. Cause you're going to race your goal race like you have practiced and Pacing is like the number one thing that's going to help you hit your goal. So you really want to practice how you plan to race. And so that's going to look like if you do a race leading up into the build, your goal should be, you know, even split, negative split, that sort of thing. Totally understandable if like you have a day where it just, it doesn't go your way. But I think um, just having the opportunity to practice your pacing in a non-A race environment is great. Yeah. And you mentioned doing different races for different reasons. And it kind of made me think of like every year in July, we had this 5k here. And I think, um, for me, that was sort of a time where I wasn't like super serious about training. Cause I came off like a half usually in June. So then in July it was sort of a down period, but, and it's super hot. So, but we still went and did this 5k just because it was like a fun social, you know, gathering. And so you might be someone that lives in an area where you feel kind of compelled to do the same race every year, or just do the, you know, your own town's um, festival run or whatever it is. And so, um, the purpose of doing that race doesn't always need to be to like, you know, push yourself a hundred percent. And, um, so there are other opportunities if you want to do that, obviously that maybe will better align with like your schedule and depending on what like your long-term goals are for that year. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that kind of nugget in It made me think of this, the way we frame up our calendar and then too, like people from other areas, especially down South where it's hot, like all summer, you know, your schedule might look a lot different than ours up here. So you might you might get in your prime training months like November through February, for example. And so you have to think about, um, you know, when do you want to race? Um, what, what's the distance going to be? That sort of thing. And then obviously you might need to um, travel a little bit too further north if you want cooler weather. Yeah, mm. and just there's so many factors involved, especially when we're talking about marathon training, right? And I know a really big component of a lot of marathon training cycles are, okay, you're going to do a half marathon in the buildup. And this is a tricky um, subject to kind of approach, right? Because some people will PR in that half and it could be realistic for them. But I think it is important to acknowledge that asking your body to run 
a half PR within a month or a month and a half of running a marathon PR, that's tough, right? So we, I want just everyone to acknowledge that a half marathon is of itself like a very taxing event mm-hmm. to race. It's something that you can have an isolated build for. It's something that you need time off from. It's it's not just a half. And I hear that all the time in the running community and it drives me crazy because it is, it is hard on your body. And so we really wanna think of every training cycle as we're building, 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 kind of like we're climbing up a mountain, right? And it's really challenging to ask yourself to run this peak performance, try to peak, do this marathon or half marathon um, at you know way faster than marathon pace. I mean, you're racing yeah. it, right? And then to force yourself to really get right back into training, continue doing like these 20 mile long runs, not really have a cutback in mileage, mm-hmm. and then boom, a couple weeks later, do it all again, PR in the marathon. And I think that's a lot to ask of just the human body in general. And I think, I mean, I don't really know much about elites, but is that is that something that they do? I feel like they don't, you wouldn't go like four to six weeks really before. No, I mean, cause you're talking about like having two A goal races yeah. within a short period of time frame, And so, you know, one of those races might be more of just like a, Um, like a workout or a structured like okay we're going to target this pace and then they may surprise themselves and feel really good right or whatever and then they may bounce back quick but I think for most of us it's the chances are you know that you're going to PR at both or have really good performances in both are pretty rare like maybe I don't know one or two and ten can probably get away with it and again this will depend on like your training and how um what your PRs were current uh previously and all these other factors right and so um yeah, I think it's better to kind of space them out. So maybe like doing the half PR, like a different season, and then maybe recovering from that, then you can kind of get into your marathon build. So if you really want to PR in two events, um, kind of spread them out over the course of the year. That way, especially if they're those long events like that, that way you're not putting all this pressure on yourself. Um, if you're okay with, you know, taking race two as just uh, kind of do what you got left in the tank, great. You know, I've had some athletes that did the whole Berlin NYC um double last fall but you know and so those things are kind of different but we have to start talking about um what is the expectation for performance of each of these races which one means more to you that sort of thing right like prioritizing goals and i think it's important to like have realistic expectations right so i think there have been two times where i ran raced a half marathon within i think probably like six weeks of a goal marathon um and i did go out in the half and then it's just like yeah pretty much approaching the marathon is kind of survival mode it's not like you could really like peak again right it's more just like okay i'm trying to salvage the fitness that i had at the half for this marathon and i guess it kind of worked out okay because my marathon goals were always maybe not as aggressive like i was never trying to I don't know, my marathon PR was maybe easier to PR in than than a half. So I think there's a lot of factors involved, right? So if you're someone who's looking for like a very specific time goal in the marathon, you don't have a lot of wiggle room, I think we got to be a little bit more careful about how we're going to approach that uh, the six weeks before the marathon, right? Um, Maybe we're not going to ask ourselves to do a half. I think a better approach would do that half marathon at marathon effort, 
Um, I think that's the most specific thing you can do within a marathon training cycle to prepare you for a marathon. Um, you're going to be able to practice those water stops. You're going to be in a race environment. You're going to be on tired legs. You're going to be running mm-hmm. at marathon pace. I mean, there's so many quality things about it. The only issue that I see that sometimes comes up is that athletes have a hard time actually running marathon pace mm-hmm. for the half marathon because it feels quote unquote easy. That being said. Yeah. And even for some that could be a little bit too taxing, you know, cause you're, you're probably not tapering for that. And so you're going in, like you said, on tired legs. And if you really were to run all 13 miles at marathon pace, that, that can be pretty, um, demanding. And so I know I've done one in the past where I actually felt really good about it. And I think it was like, um, I probably ran the first 10k just like an eased eased into it. Started off fairly easy, um, you know, and then kind of progressed down a marathon effort and then just held it there. And so that is how I kind of like to prescribe some of those races that athletes might do for um, you know their training during a marathon build. Um, if you are doing a if like your a goal race is a half marathon, um, a lot of times you you know you can race a 10k during that that build. But we'll want to make sure that it's probably four weeks at least um, before the half. And so, you know, that way you can recover from it, still maybe get a quality long run in there and then be be ready for the half. Um, but, yeah, there are some other, you know, races you could do like a 10 mile and you could have, have that be a structured workout, that sort of thing during your training cycle. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll really just depend on what the distance is you're training for. Yeah, I think there's a lot more success that could be had if you space the half out quite a bit more. Um, between your half and your marathon just because then you're going to allow yourself for a little bit more recovery after your half um, and then more time to to build to that marathon but again you're asking yourself to kind of have two peaks within the same season which can be challenging so I think that's something to look for maybe not sign up for a half that's four weeks out from the marathon I think if you can space it out a lot more if you're trying to do a all-out race attempt I'd say go for 10 to 8 weeks out um and there is always that option to do something at marathon pace but know yourself as a runner and know that if you're not the type of person that can you know hold back like that maybe that's not the best um decision to sign up for a half uh to plan to do it at marathon pace um some of the next things we want to talk about is how you should be looking for some of these goal races right And I think on previous podcasts, we've talked a little bit about some of the websites that we use. One of my favorites is findmymarathon.com. That's a really great one because you can filter by a month. Um, It gives you a PR score, tells you like the average weather for the year. It's a highly recommended site, especially for marathons. Um, One of the benefits also is if you, let's say your goal is a half marathon for the year, there's a lot of... um, a lot of marathons have half marathons, so you might get some ideas from there, like check the race website, see maybe they have a half as well. Um, other than that, I think running in the USA.com is a really good mm-hmm. website. I think really being diligent about researching these races is incredibly important. And, and sometimes just like the research phase of your running is extensive, right? It could take hours to really like nail yeah. down what you want to be doing because you don't want to be blindsided. And that's the thing is I used to sign up for whatever race and you're blindsided because, oh, you didn't look at the elevation map or, oh, you didn't realize like, oh, signing up for a half marathon um, in the middle of June or July in right. Iowa. Oh, it's 80 degrees. You know, it's like you really got to be careful about if you have certain expectations for these races, 
um, just knowing like all the possibilities that could that it could occur on race day. And maybe that sounds a little bit neurotic, but I think it's important just to kind of be be informed and to know what you're signing up for before you do it. And so, um, looking for goal races, if you're if you have like an A goal race, we're looking at what's the most ideal weather, what's the best part of the country. If you want a flat race, like let's find the flattest race possible. Let's not sign up for something that that mm-hmm. says it's flat. Let's look at the elevation map because I know there's a lot of races even like the Twin Cities Marathon I feel like they they advertise it as like gently rolling hills or like oh it's they call it fast don't they (laughs) and so it's debatable right like if you look at the elevation map I I definitely do not think the Twin Cities Marathon is a fast course by any stretch of the imagination I think there's a lot of other races in the area of Minneapolis where you could drive two, three hours and run a much faster course. If what you're looking at is the course, right? So for some people, the elevation is going to be a more determining factor. But for others, like the reason that they call the Twin Cities Marathon quote unquote fast is because Mm -hmm. some people love the crowd support. Some people need that. And if they don't have it, this going to ruin their entire race, right? Whereas there might be other runners where it's like they don't want the crowd support because it screws them up. Um, gets their adrenaline going right. too much, that sort of thing. So know who you are as a runner. And then when you are signing up for these races, if you're looking at a race and it only has, you know, less than a thousand participants, there's probably not going to be a lot of spectators. Just realizing that um, for the most part, smaller races, fewer um, spectators. So if you're someone who wants a spectated race, doing bigger races is going to be largely in your favor. Um, and yeah, looking at the you can look at like the race results yeah. or even findmymarathon.com. They usually put how many finishers were in the previous years. So I think Twin Cities usually has somewhere between like five and 10,000 every year. And so that's, that's a pretty decent sized race where you're going to probably see a lot of crowd support. Um, but yeah, definitely something to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you said a lot of good things there that resonated with me and you know, over the years I've used some of those sites to kind of scope out certain races and compare, you know, all that stuff that you talked about, not just like average temperature weather, but, um, average, you know, times and, um, you know, the depth of the field, like how many runners are there. Um, and obviously, you know, in bigger races tend to have more crowd support. So obviously if you're someone that thrives off that energy from the crowd and it's not going to like, um, totally derail you, um, then, you know, like, I like that. I like going to major marathons. I feel like I'm going to do better there or even half marathons. Um, doesn't bother me as much for like a smaller race, but when I'm looking, you know, back in the day when I was looking for half marathons, um, in the spring, I ended up going to grandma's most of the time just because it was uh, pretty good weather and, um, the depth of the field, the competitive, I knew I was going to be around other runners at my ability level. Whereas you're not guaranteed that at other half marathons, unless I was going to really travel, you know, somewhere far to like a major, like maybe a rock and roll or something, but even that doesn't have the depth of the field. And so it just really, um, yeah, knowing yourself as a runner, um, Marathon Guide's another site you said mm-hmm. running in the USA. I know some, you know, like in Minnesota, we have a couple like local sites that do a good job managing like all of the local races. So some of those smaller communities that put on like 5Ks, they may not be on those larger um, sites. So, um, you know, maybe talk to your local running store, see, depending on, you know, what state you're in, there might be like a, a separate site just for your state with all those local races. Yeah, in that research phase, like let's say you were talking about rock and roll races. Um, let's say you find a marathon, maybe like in a different state, it looks like relatively decent in size, but 
you're still a little like unsure just because like there's not a lot of information online so some things that i like to search like google is the race name and then something like blog so sometimes runners Mm. have blogs where they will write about their race recap experience and i've come across so many of those in the past and they're honestly extremely helpful and useful because i'm able to tell like how hilly it is based on their description based on kind of like the expectations because they go into really good detail there um so yeah looking for like googling race recap of whatever race it is or like blog of whatever race it is you usually would be surprised like how many things pop up sometimes even if you like type in your goal time like there it is Mm -hmm. like someone literally did exactly what you were thinking like a couple years prior wrote all about it so that's a fun fun thing to look up Another thing that's important to kind of address here, because we're talking about doing all this research, you know, trying to line it all up. Another thing is just like sometimes uncontrollable things happen. Like maybe you get sick. Maybe the weather sucks that weekend. Maybe, I don't know, you know, there's a million things that come up in life and there's just these uncontrollable things. So there is this whole concept of should I wait to register for some races, right? Mm-hmm. So I know for like A races, or like if you're doing the Boston Marathon, that sort of thing, it's not really realistic. Like you can't wait to register for some races. Even like a Twin Cities Marathon, some years, you know, you, you can't wait. Right. Yep, same with like Grandma's Half. Like good luck with that. A lot of these races will fill up. So I think, you know, play it smart. If it's a race that's going to fill up, register. But if it's something like, oh, you know, I found this 5K that maybe I, I want to do, maybe I don't. Right. We don't need to sign up for it five months in advance, probably, um, unless it's like a huge 5K that fills up. If it's just like your local whatever, um, it might not. And so maybe waiting until you're a month out, seeing if it's still something you want to do. Maybe you find a different 5K. And this is the thing. Sometimes you you think you want to do a certain race, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, your friend is doing this other one, and they asked you if you want to do it. But shoot, you already committed to this 5K the weekend before, and then that's where runners get in trouble of, like, they're signing up for all these races all the time because Mm -hmm. um, you just overcommit sometimes. So I think waiting sometimes can be a better bet for some of these more local, low-key, maybe like B and C races for the year. Yeah, and, um, you know, some some of the races, you, you can tell based on, like, the registration details a lot of times if they have, like, the dates and they change the pricing tier, a lot of times those won't really fill up, I feel like, especially if it's a smaller race. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, you've done a good job over the years, like, um, you know, be having, like, a backup plan in place, especially if it's a race where, you know, maybe it's potentially going to be warm that time of year. Um, and so using that site, definitely the um, Find My Marathon as a, as a good resource to have maybe a backup in place and not be afraid to pivot or let's say you did come down with an illness and that kind of derailed your training for a few weeks and now you just want a few extra weeks to push out you know your race you could always um have that that have that go to the next race if it was like a month later that sort of thing and so i think it's good to not have anything set in stone obviously some races like you mentioned you do have to be registered for far really far in advance um, but i would say the majority of races if it's not a major you can kind of wait and hold off yeah, definitely. And 
there's just so many options that are available. And I think during this time of year, we're all about hearing what other people are signing up for. There's so many options, so many opportunities. So just keeping in mind like the big picture, right? So going back to the beginning, defining what our goals are for the year, maybe even writing those goals down, right? So that we can like remember, do a little post-it note, stick it on your laptop, just making sure that we're clear on what those are that way that can be like our guiding force because without clearly defined goals it can be really hard to figure out the direction that we're going and figure out what races we should be doing but i think once you have those defined and you're able to have set anchor points like okay this is my goal for the year this is my a race for the year then it becomes easier to schedule in all these races figure out maybe what you're going to be doing during the beginning part of the year because let's say you do have like that fall marathon during the beginning of the year maybe you're going to do like a half marathon build for like a race in april or may and so it really just depends on the athlete um and then when it comes to other goals we didn't really touch on like the marathon maniac or the 50 states thing a lot of that is going to be like research based right so going on these websites figuring out like the dates making sure it all kind of goes in alignment with what you have scheduled another factor that we didn't really talk about i mean you kind of mentioned with like the stress and all that stuff busy seasons at work right so sometimes i have um like tax accountants or just accountants in general who have busy seasons during the springtime with like tax season and all that stuff and that can just be a really rough time to train especially train for a marathon and i think Ben had one a couple years back who he was, uh, you know, CPA, all that stuff and, and training for the Boston Marathon. And so if you know anything about like tax and the Boston Marathon, the deadline for tax and the Boston mm-hmm. Marathon are like basically on the same day, usually um, right around the same time. And so you're coming out of this season where the guy is probably working 80 plus hour weeks for the last eight weeks, you know, at least 10 weeks. And it's like, well, that's where his marathon training was supposed to be. And so he really just did not train. And it wasn't realistic for him Mm -hmm. to really be training. And I think he maybe did, you know, a couple runs here and there, like when when he could. And so what he did at the Boston Marathon was he decided to run with his wife. And so for him, that was a little bit of an easier pace. So this guy's like a 250 marathoner and he ran 320. And so obviously he was still in shape. Like he still was in running shape because going into that busy tax season, he was pretty much in, you know, like half marathon, mm-hmm. marathon shape. And so he just did enough activity where he was going to be able to run, you know, like a 320 marathon. So just being realistic with yourself, right? So if you're, if you go through seasons, like maybe teachers, right? So you used to be a teacher, Jason, like maybe for you, it's mm-hmm. like, ah, maybe I shouldn't be doing a marathon, um, like the first week back at school or whatever it may be, right? Um, everyone's situation is so different. And that's why I think it's really important just to, Remember that and then set your goals and your big races around maybe when your less busy time is. Yeah, really well said there. And, you know, you can always adjust uh, performance expectations or just approach a race differently. I've even had athletes um, change the race distance. So if they're planning to do the full, maybe they drop down to a half distance or if they were going to do a half and the race offers something shorter, they drop down to 10K or whatever, just so that it seems a little bit um, more of like relief. And so there's not all this stress about, oh, the lack of training and am I going to be prepared? And, um, you know, then you can adjust your your goals, your expectations, and then hopefully recover quicker for the next next goal you want to train for. Definitely. 
Well, I hope this was a useful podcast. And I know that working with a coach can sometimes help break these things down because each case scenario is so different and every athlete's going to have different goals. They're going to have different timelines. They're going to have different um, schedules and all of that stuff. And that's why working with a personalized coach can really be of benefit to you because we have so much experience working with athletes and we're able to kind of break these really big concepts maybe down and really help you figure out what's going to work best for your training and then even like your life schedule, right? Um, Sometimes people just have a really hard time figuring out when is the best time for me to race a marathon? When is the best time for me to race this half? And working with a coach can help provide that like outside perspective and help you really see um, what's going to work best for you. And we do offer a free seven day trial working with a coach. We'd love to get you connected and set up with a coach. You can have a free week of training is 100% custom. You get all of your questions answered with a coach. You can even have a phone consultation with us. It's a really great time and it's completely free and no strings attached. We'd love to chat more with you. So if you fill out the form at www.runforprs.com, we can get you set up and connected with a coach right away. So again, that's www.runforprs for a free seven day coaching trial. Thanks for tuning in.